Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt. I should have introduced you as at EM6211, I guess. I guess I should have introduced you as at Matt Rohrbeck. Very, very original for me. Yes. Uh, Yes, today uh, we are reviewing Zola, which is now playing uh, both in theaters and at home, you can rent it on VOD, at least in Canada. I'm assuming in the U.S. as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah A24 released it uh, on the uh, Friday of July 23rd. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, you, uh, that's how I watched it, um, which is, I guess, an interesting conversation in itself that we can get into maybe later. But I had the option to go to the theater, Eric. This is the first time in a, in a while. Everything we've seen in theaters, we mostly had to go see in theaters, right? Um, yeah, or we we – we both saw it in theaters yeah. because I saw this movie a few weeks ago. A24 sent me uh, a screener link, which I'm very grateful to them. And and um, they told me to hold my review until the digital release, which was mm-hmm. uh, uh, this week. So and and so I have a review on Rogers for that. But, um, you know, you needed to catch up with it. And so before. We yes, I had actually, to wait. <laughs> yes. But but in terms of like having this conversation now, that's why we're a little late on on it. And, and you but know. we're timing it for the VOD release. Yeah, you know, exactly. everyone can go see it if you're not comfortable going to a theater. Um, you do have the option. I contemplated going to the cinema to see it, but ultimately, but you had just also of, seen Snake Eyes the night before. The night and before, you just and to take that in a little yes, longer. Yes, <laughs> Snake Eyes must be seen in the theater. You know, um, no, Zola was one of those ones. Nevis really wanted to watch it, and um, we debated because, like, uh, we could have gone to the theater to see it, but it was weirdly, you know, it was cheaper to watch it at home in 4K Dolby Vision. Um, you know, no distractions, just kind of like, and I, I thought like, uh, I actually spoilers like the movie a lot. Um, but it was one of those ones that I was fine with. Okay. Let's spend seven fifty each and rent it for $15 instead of spending 13 50 each and going to the cinema to see it. And I feel like it was a perfectly, uh, you know, solid decision and to watch this at home. And that's what I'm talking about, about, you know, day and date releases or in Zola's case, it was about a couple week uh, exclusive window in theaters um, where I just feel like having the option is, is great for everyone and maybe not everyone being cinema owners, but you know, multiplexes, I think we're, we don't need to get into the conversation, but it's time to, you know, maybe uh, evolve with the times. And I, I, I thought that it was a great thing that I could just rent this at home and I didn't need to go to a theater to see it. And that's not saying, I don't want to say that this movie, cause I'm sure uh, I can't, what's the director's name, Eric? Janixa Bravo. Janixa Bravo. Thank you. Um, uh, cause I know you did your review, so you probably knew the pronunciation. So I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm sure she wants this to be seen in the theater much like well, many, it played um, at Sundance back in 2019, yeah. right before the pandemic kind of shut things down and people were talking about it then. Very cinematic. Uh, and I'm sure the experience in a theater would be great as well. Oh yeah. And, and it's also shot on 16 millimeter film by looks uh, great. Ari Wagner. Yeah. And, and you can tell, like, I, I love the kind of texture, texture and crispiness yeah. of it that kind of gives you kind of a sleazy kind of layer that's you know on top of the idiosyncratic characters that are presented in the story that's presented and i think it would look really great on a big screen it's just that it's one of those situations you kind of have to gauge with how you're feeling health and safety wise yeah uh you know the time of day of when you can see it and it's just if it's available at home and you and you've been waiting 
for like you know if you i don't think you lose anything from watching not necessarily but i think that maybe there would have been something added oh the score is great too so i'm sure the sound would have been fantastic and seeing it on that big screen would have been um a lot of fun but i like having the option and then that's again why we're doing this review as the vod comes out so everyone has an opportunity to see the movie no matter if you want to go out and see it which is great or stay at home and watch it so eric um if people aren't familiar what is zola so Zola is, uh, in a lot of ways, it'll it'll be funny talking about this from the perspective of two millennials. Uh, sure, this yeah. does almost feel like a film that was made for you know the the Gen Zs, the 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 new generation. Right down to this being based on uh, 148 uh, tweets, tweets a, a Twitter thread, <laughs> which is about a falling out between two uh, strippers and sort of their strange and extremely wild uh, road trip from Detroit to Tampa Bay, Florida, and sort of the trials and tribulations they face along the way. Uh, <laughs> the lead, uh, Zola, uh, Asia uh, Zola, uh, Zola King um it's from her perspective and her telling this story story via the tweets but the way that the movie unfolds it doesn't necessarily even have to be you know it says based on a true story or inspired by a true story yeah but even the way that, that you mentioned the score by Mika Levy the way that it kind of presents itself is almost like as if it is a fairy tale, tale or fable yeah. and yeah. so it can kind of get away with exaggerating th- certain things which no she's even what. admitted in her tweet thread yes. she embellished some stuff right, right? so Where there's yeah. a heightened sense of reality to the events that are playing playing out but it also works on a cinematic level because the idea of you know this group of idiosyncratic characters that are on this road trip are as large larger than life characters as as the story itself and essentially what you have is you have zola played by taylor page who probably a lot of people will remember her from last year in ma rainey's black bottom alongside both uh, the late chadwick boseman and Coleman Domingo, who's also in this right, as right. a uh, volatile pimp, who you yeah. never really learn his name until later on. He's, yeah. he's credited as X. Um, and so, you know, it's her uh, sort of friendship and falling out with uh, Stephanie, who's another exotic dancer played uh, by Riley Keough, who's a scene stealer in this as well. Yeah, she's um, great. And it's sort of them becoming quick friends and then sort of making impulsive decisions while on the road, but then also stephanie not being forthcoming with um sort of her being an escort as well and sort of you know um coleman domingo playing her pimp but then also on, along for the ride uh is nicholas braun who plays uh, <laughs> uh stephanie's dim-witted boyfriend Derek, who you yeah. described as being somebody who oh, looks and sounds feels like from oshawa <laughs> and even some of the places that they end up staying in like the scene yeah. hotel motel rooms feel like something you would find in oshawa even though yeah. it's in. i mean we're in allowed Florida. to shit talk oshawa because we're kind of from i'm from there and eric's from nearby whippy but yeah um it's yeah i mean detroit always had a similarity to oshawa because i think the general motors connection right and um uh i mean general general motors headquarters both 
the Canadian one in Oshawa, the American one in Detroit, both had, you know, major General Motors plants. And then I feel like that weirdly influences the culture <laughs> around those yeah. two cities. And um, that's kind of a very niche joke for people who live in the GTA. But um, yeah, Nicholas Braun also a scene stealer. With, like the, I think. with the, the chin strap as well. Oh God, right when he walked out with the chin strap. Just and I feel me. like he's like the kind of guy that like just from the look and the way that he carries himself, you kind of know who he is as a person oh, totally, yeah. but there is some interesting stuff with him later on that i yeah. think is also you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more uh, without spoiling anything but essentially what this is is a wild road trip that goes horribly horribly wrong that yeah. goes completely south both literally and figuratively um and it's the idea that this movie is kind of bringing in both a kind of early to mid 90s kind of indie aesthetic like it does remind you at moments of like a harmony corinne film um especially with uh sort of the supporting cast and and sort of and the the floridian kind of floridian non-actors that you can tell that like some of them are not professional actors but they have a unique kind of either look or sort of um presence on screen and then also kind of the lyrical quality of it all but it also i think is making a very strong case for making uh, sex work more legitimate and yeah. safe for those, whether it be just performing at a club or being an escort, as long as you know there is respect and yeah. understanding of what is going on. Um, you know, situations like this shouldn't transpire in terms exactly. of putting, putting you know, these people in danger. And that's what I loved about the Zola. I mean, she's a real person, but the character in the film of, of even being super pissed at Stephanie Riley Kilo's character, but still kind of looking out for her in those moments and kind of taking control of that situation and taking the control back in from, you know, uh, you know, Coleman Domingo's character, but then how that kind of spirals. Yeah. I had a good time with this man. Like, uh, uh, it was worth the wait, like, um, love the style, the cinematography, like you said, the 16 mil, uh, cinematography mixed with, uh, Mika Levy's, uh, score, um, I think is this fantastical kind of, wonderfully funny but dark kind of journey across the united states and um i really loved uh uh, taylor page's performance and riley kilo is fantastic um (laughs) just going giving it her absolute all like you mentioned nicholas braun from oshawa um just (laughs) and then coleman domingo uh absolutely crushing it as well so i think the whole cast kind of crushes it and you're just kind of along for the ride on this and i feel like um it's not necessarily you know very you know, deep into, you know, even building character or anything like that in any of these people. But I mean, I feel like you get enough from the beginning and that's all you kind of need. And then you're along much like reading that tweet thread. Um, you just kind of are waiting for the next kind of surprise around the corner. And each thing is kind of more like, Oh, what than the last thing. And, um, it gets again, more and more absurd as yeah. they go along. And it almost reminds you of times of like, even like a Jonathan Demi movie, like something wild where it just, it, it gets more and more ludicrous as it goes along, but it also becomes more dangerous as well. Like, yeah, I think the Coleman Domingo character and that performance is yeah. so menacing. Oh, I know when he way- breaks that first time it is yeah. very like, Whoa, okay. And, and the scenes between him and Taylor page specifically, like I like sort of the control dynamic. And I think it actually, even though, yeah, it's, it's a very sort of, uh, surface level plot I actually do think it is saying something um, about both sort of uh, the relationship between men and women specifically sure, between yeah. African American men and women and sort of you know 
African-American women kind of being invisible and sort of the way that Zola is treated throughout this trip. There are times where she becomes kind of more of a fly on the wall than anything else and is kind of, you know, disregarded, but she's still like, you watch the way that Taylor page is sort of calculating what's going on in the scene. Just literally watching. And then you hear the tweets. Uh, You can, what I really liked about the style, both again, I just love the style from the titles to the cinematography, to the music. Um, But I also like there's, it gets kind of in your ear that you get that Twitter notification sound that goes throughout the whole movie. And I feel like that's like when she's sending out the tweets. So like you're saying, she's kind of just watching this whole situation. You never physically see her pull out her phone and send these tweets. But I I almost feel like I don't think you maybe hear it 148 times throughout the movie. But I like that you hear that Twitter notification throughout the whole thing and that she is just like you said a fly on the wall just kind of revealing all of this to the world as it's going on which I think again that that makes an interesting social commentary on how black women you know in film and in television in real life sort of aren't seen you know sure. represented on screen and like that is a conversation that this movie is actually having especially within the that's world fair of, that's of, a good of, point of yeah. sex work and then there's also the cross-sectional feminism thing where I think Zola, you know, uh, Taylor Page's character is actually more considerate towards Stephanie than Stephanie is towards Zola, where where Zola never judges Stephanie for the choices she makes, you know, using her body a certain way. No, yeah. Or or what have you. She respects that. She is, is, you know, as long as And wants to help her with that, that, even if she's like, why the fuck am I in this situation? You are the reason. She's pissed off at Stephanie because Stephanie didn't tell her what this trip was and what they're trying to get Zola to do. But she still wants to help her. And Zola always has a very stern standing that she is there to dance and that is it. She does not want any part of that, even though she doesn't have anything against anybody against else it. doing She's like, that. do what you want. And they're trying I, to for me, coax yeah. her into this. And, and, and you can tell like Coleman Domingo specifically is, you know, trying to get her sort of to basically bear all and, and sell herself in that way, the same way that Stephanie is, but she's not going to have it. And she always sticks her guns, even if the, the situation is dangerous and she knows, you know, how much, sort of attitude or how much to give yeah. to give back because she also realizes that she's in a situation that is very volatile. Like this is, yeah. this is something where like this Coleman Domingo character, you can tell he's not only manipulative, but he is dangerous. And oh, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the point that this character is very smart where she knows how much to kind of, you know, dish at him without kind of, you know, how to deal with him. But it also gets very dangerous at the, in the final act. And that's something I think, will be critical of and i feel like we're contradicting ourselves a bit because we talked about in our review for stillwater that we found that the movie kind of spoon over everything especially in the final act and sort of spelling out everything that happens this movie has an abrupt uh ending that kind of feels like it doesn't have a third act and that's probably the point to uh bravo and jeremy o'harris's script where you know, this is based on a Twitter Twitter thread. So like, you know, this not having like a classic or conventional narrative structure is the point, but it also leaves you wanting more because where it leaves you, it doesn't really feel even sort of as abrupt as it is. It doesn't feel like an ending. It almost feels like, it's like, wait, wait, there's so much I have in terms of questions. Like it doesn't feel like they had, like they shot anything else and they just kind of ended at a place that yeah, leaves agree. you a little bit unsatisfied, especially when like, everything almost feels like it's leaving you on a cliffhanger, but not in a way that it's like, no, it's not satisfied with where it is. Yes. I can can interpret where it mm -hmm. goes. An ambiguous ending still gives you kind of like 
things to discuss of going like this just kind of something happens and then it ends and then like i i feel like with an ambiguous ending you're still hinting at something where i don't think this is necessarily hinting at anything it just kind of abruptly uh finishes which i i think is its biggest problem is that um that mixed with uh, if i am going to criticize anything else like i think the movie is a little messy and rough around the edges but i also tweeted that I feel like this story shouldn't have been told in any other way. Like, um, but I also um, didn't love like some of the fantastical elements like we're talking about. Like I like, I keep mentioning the score and cinematography Um, didn't love them reading out the text messages. Um, It just kind of something that was grating on me as it went on. And I don't know what the solution there is. Cause like we've seen so many times where, you know, uh, I, I message pops up on screen and we get the bubbles and we just kind of read it for ourselves in, in large text or something like that. So maybe, you know, the approach of this theming, seeming like a fairy tale, you can have the characters read out their text messages and it kind of fit the style. But for me personally, that didn't necessarily work. And that, and that was something that kind of took me out of it. And I just didn't, didn't, vibe with that element of the uh, of the style of the movie but again i like the part where you know it tells you know stephanie's side of the story and you get the title come up again oh, when it's at that stephanie. has to be one of um, the greatest disses to yeah. reddit i think i have ever yeah yeah seen. <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> because like again um, like it shows you the different platforms in the way that of like, twitter how, versus reddit yeah. yeah and perspective of storytelling yeah. as well but that had to that was so funny there was one moment in this movie that i did laugh out loud and like when you're at home watching a film by yourself a weird penis or no no that <laughs> somebody tweeted about that recently yeah it online. was uh yeah i'll find it I, um but it was it was a, no 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 it's a line that a again a very harmony uh corinne-esque character at a strip club says to zola when he gives her some money and in terms of what he calls her or references her to like looking like somebody i never laughed so hard at it because of the guy's delivery just like he doesn't feel like oh, it was shack it was shack yeah uh, that our, was our good shack. that was good where it's like uh, shack 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 excellence on twitter yeah he's just like all also love the movie but yo one of those dudes needs to get that shit checked out <laughs> like, which i totally agree with and sorry eric i was looking at that what did you say was uh oh I, I laughed out loud where where one character who who doesn't look like an actor at all it looks like somebody that they found like you know yes as they were yes i laughed at that too line. and it's yeah. the way that it's not even the line it's the way that he does it and the way yes. that he kind of like presents himself. i absolutely agree completely i i literally shit myself in laughter it's, <laughs> it's so, so funny. good but but there is um, some stuff that like i i like some of the fantastical elements because it's cut by a darker edge like i yeah. i kind of like some of the um the code switching stuff where they're having a conversation and then there's subtitles to what it means and then yes yeah, you know, there's yeah. there's some stuff where like there's clever match cutting as well where it goes from one location to another um yeah. there's a lot of fourth wall breaking as we've already mentioned um there's another really funny little weird moment where characters are leaving this motel and there's a little person sitting in a beach chair oh a, i didn't even notice them yeah yeah and yeah. he says safe journeys and it's just, yeah uh, or safe travels and like it's just one of those things where it's like it's just like those weird little moments that are peppered in really kind of add to the film uh, i i don't know if it's necessarily that the, the movie's problem but the one thing I did feel a little like the film's never exploitive. That's another thing that we should also quickly say yeah. is that like, you know, the female gaze on these characters, I think works really well. And sort of like, it is a weird sleazy 
shady situation that Zola finds herself in, but I never felt that the actors were being exploited in any no, way. And, no. and there is a lot of skin being shown and, you know, sort of the image, the visual sort of uh, appreciation of the body uh, is, 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 is in full effect, but it it's done in a way that is very tasteful and, and still, raunchy and that's a really hard sort of balance to get the thing that i, I didn't completely. like about the movie and it, again not necessarily the film's fault because you know the film was shot i think probably around 2018 and maybe this was around the time it was happening or, or afterwards but um so jason mitchell's in this movie and yeah. he plays a um sort of uh, Tampa, Florida, um, sort of pimp as well, or thug, and and kind of feels like his territory is being stepped on. And there's a scene of violence towards Riley Keough's character, uh, where it's a shot of we see her legs in a closet at one point, and that she's been you know badly hurt. Yeah. Um, for people that don't know, Jason Mitchell, who played uh, Easy in uh, Straight Outta Compton, and was on uh, Lena Waite's uh, show, um, The Shy, um, yeah, had. Uh, physically abused a woman in Las Vegas and pummeled her head into a, a cement sidewalk. And so oh, he did. Yeah. And like so, in real life. Yeah. And so watching that scene or just seeing like, yeah, the aftermath Riley of that yeah. legs in this. Yeah. It just, that kind of was a little bit icky. And again, I don't hold that against the filmmaker or the, the, it just, it kind of took me out because I knew about it. And that's more so on me than anything else. But I was thinking of that when I saw that shot. And I was also thinking, oh, Jason Mitchell's in this movie. So this must have been shot before, you know, all of that came out because he's now not working. And 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 rightfully so, because, I mean, he did something truly horrible. So, so he he shot this before this all happened. Yeah, or and right around the same him. time. And that's also partly why uh, uh, Lena Waithe got in a lot of trouble because she yeah. was defended protecting him, didn't him she? And yeah, because yeah, and, and I'm reading about that he had sexual misconduct allegations also on the set of The Shy. So yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. I did not know that. So yeah, that is a little uncomfortable and maybe too real in those moments. Um, yeah. Where, but but and, and again, like there's a really intense scene later on with his character and Coleman Domingo uh, and and um, Taylor Page that it's just it's really hard to watch because of knowing that. But I think Coleman Domingo is also very good in that scene because it's also this weird moment of like, who are you rooting for in that scene? Yeah. You're rooting for the <laughs> yeah. guy who's like. Uh, you already know is a monster, but you're rooting for the lesser of two evils, right? But then also you you see that like Coleman Domingo, who's amazing in the movie, he's and, great, man. Um, he's so good. He's just so charismatic. Like even as a monster, yeah. he's he's kind of he's so much fun. And like I, I I keep saying like go back and watch you know Barry Jenkins if Beale Street could talk. He's so warm and wonderful in that movie. Um, where this he's just like he reminds me of Ray Liotta again in 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 Jonathan Demme's uh, Something Wild, yeah. where when he you know, comes into play and sort of reveals himself, the movie changes completely and and the tone changes, but yeah, it's, it's a dark comedic fable with crime thriller elements. And it's this weird mishmash that doesn't always work, but when it does, it's electric. And I think, uh, Janixa Bravo's direction in this movie is top notch. Like the the thing that, that also kind of amazes me about the direction and the editing is that even though you know we, we we were critical of the ending, I never felt that the film weighed and it, 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 like no. it, it was always it was always it always ran at a a, a breakneck 
pace. Well, like I said, every scene was more interesting than the last because you, again, I didn't really, I knew of this Twitter thread, but I hadn't read all 148 tweets. And I remember when it popped off and you, I knew little bits and pieces of this story. But um, yeah, I agree with you that it's almost like, you know, each it, scene kind of builds so on the last thing. To yeah. Do, right. Like that kinetic pacing or keeping up a consistency throughout an entire running time. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it is a shorter film, but at the same time, like it, it just, it never feels like there's a moment that didn't belong in the movie or a moment that kind of, you know, makes the rest of the film sort of, uh, that sort of, weighs on it in any way like I, I again like you look at another a24 movie like the lobster that first half is so good it, right stuff in, the, then, in the hotel yeah. but then when you get to the forest it kind, it of, kind becomes, of loses its momentum yeah it, and it becomes plot heavy and yeah. this kind of has this consistent wire act you wanted it, more really wanted that's what more. our yeah, yeah that's i think our biggest complaint being that it kind of just ends is that you know, it's 90 minutes. I probably could have used another 15 minutes to sort of wrap things up, but um, maybe not spoon feed us everything, but just, uh, I, I, I agree with you that it was so good up until that point when it ends, you're just like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> uh, I'm like, fuck, I, I wanted more of it. So like, I, I think that's, I maybe a good criticism to have is that, you know, I was uh, left wanting more, but I do feel like, yeah, if I'm going to criticize anything, some of the, uh, overly stylized things didn't quite work for me. And I thought, you know, even though it has this breakneck pace that keeps you intrigued throughout the whole time, um, I do feel like it's left going. Mm, I feel like they could have had a third act in there that could have sort of wrapped everything up. But right. the performances Which again, I are get, so good. I think that like, um, you know, the, the, the filmmakers would argue that that's the point of, yeah, of the adaptation, probably. which I get the that tweet too. thread probably just ended too. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like that's totally fine. And, um, but that being said, I think it's, it's easily worth the rental or heading out to the theater. I, I definitely had a blast with it. Um, another solid, uh, entry in the, uh, Floridian A24 yeah, catalog. Exactly. Yeah, man. So I'm going to give it, oh man, I could even go as high as a four. Um, I think I'll do three and a half though. I really, really liked it. Um, and it could go up to a four on a rewatch. Yeah. I mean, talking to you about it, I, I, I really did enjoy the movie. I just yeah. felt that like, again, I, I wanted more. It left me wanting more, which isn't again, a bad thing. It's just that this movie I think would have benefited from just a little more time. But I mean, yeah. again, how do you, how do you do that without throwing off the rest of the tone? I agree. So yeah. I'll also give it a three and a half out of five. Cool. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we got lots more reviews for you guys to check out right now. Uh, we have a review for snake eyes, very different than Zola, but we, all, <laughs> but you guys can go check that out. Um, uh, a quiet place. Part two, uh, pig, uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Fear Street Trilogy, M. Night Shyamalan's Old, uh, uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions, F9. Uh, we also have a, a Prune of Dune, a preview of Dune um, that you guys <laughs> can go check out. Not to be confused with Loki. Yeah, yeah. So go check that out. We uh, watched the first 10 minutes of the film as well as a, uh, a sequence uh, from you know the first act uh, on Arrakis. Uh, with the sandworm it's really cool go check that out uh talking about a great score as well in in that uh, han zimmer's work in there at least from the little bit that we've uh, heard is is fantastic so go check those out uh the 95th draft of the untitled movie podcast is out for you guys to listen to right now with our guests rihanna meta and kevin mcguire from eclectish uh we talk about you know our gaps in our movie history what we've been watching they've been watching uh an incredible amount of film uh during 
2020 and 2021 during the pandemic, um, they've been just absolutely crushing it. It's very inspiring for people who want to, you know, maybe fill in those gaps from their movie history uh, or from film history in general, because um, they've been doing a really great job of watching a lot of older stuff as well as a lot of uh, modern stuff. Um, really, really cool conversation we had with them. So go check that out. Uh, conversations. Uh, we have a conversation up with Phantom City Creatives, Justin Erickson and Paige Reynolds. Go subscribe to that as well. Uh, you guys can check out everything over on our Untitled Movie Podcast HQ on Letterboxd. We just posted a couple stories with our schedule for the upcoming week. We have reviews for Jungle Cruise, The Green Knight, uh, and more coming up. So uh, check that out um, as well as we're moving back to a weekly schedule on the Untitled Movie Podcast. So you'll get a brand new episode of our main show every single week now. Um, maybe they won't be two and a half hours. Maybe they will, but you'll get one every single week now. And we're hoping to bring more guests like Kevin and Ree, um, onto the show. Cause we had a lot of fun talking uh, to them and seeing what other people have been watching and what they think of trailers and news and stuff like that. Uh, drop us a review, uh, on your podcast service of choice. If you would be so kind. Uh, and as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can follow all of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Martian. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemaseed and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Going to listen to some Migos' uh, Hannah Montana. Nice.